Grace and peace to you, Bloom, and welcome to our Guided Liturgy podcast. My name is Seth Slay, and I'm the music and arts pastor here at Bloom Church in Denver, Colorado. Thank you so much for waiting patiently for these episodes to come out. We actually have two episodes that are releasing simultaneously this week. So after you listen to this one, you can go listen to that one as well. This week, we are going to be talking about Palm Sunday, of all things, because that's when we recorded this episode. So I hope you enjoy it, and we're really glad that you're with us. So why don't we take a moment now to feel the breath in our lungs and the ground under our feet, if you're able, to enter into a posture of receiving as we enter into this liturgy together. Let's join with the church worldwide in praying the prayer of the day together. Almighty and ever-living God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take upon him our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and also share in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us then show our love for him by confessing our sin in penitence and faith. In the wilderness, we find your grace. You love us with an everlasting love. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. There is none but you to uphold our cause. Our sin cries out and our guilt is great. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Heal us, O Lord, and we shall be healed. Restore us and we shall know your joy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sin, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. In everything 
Hear a reading from the letter to the Philippians, chapter 2. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear a reading from Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let all Israel repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Hosanna, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is good, shining upon us. Take the sacrifice and bind it with cords on the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hear a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. After telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them, 
As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, Why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, The Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. I think I never know what to do with this verse because I grew up Episcopalian and we did the thing where you like meet outside the church and then you, you do like a parade or procession, I think is what it's called. If it's Christian, you sing this song and you wave the palms and, and, um, it's all about Hosanna in the highest and which is most certainly good and true. And then we had this, this season or this kind of progression of the palms in bloom. We used to give people the palms and they'd wave them around. And then, and then after a while, they kind of like look at us like, why did you give us these? And they would get to just stand there, the whole congregation, like holding these palms, not knowing what to do with it. And then we're like, oh, let's just give them to the kids. And the kids just beat each other with them. And then we used them for decoration for a while, but the people thought they were supposed to come get the palm from the table. So this is the first year we've had just no palms on Palm Sunday. And I think we went with the option more that the lectionary gives us to, to focus on the passion. It's Palm Sunday slash Sunday of the Passion. I think it's more rightly term what I said on Sunday. I think it's the unconditional love and complete acceptance of Christ amidst a great misunderstanding by the people Sunday. (laughs) I think that because people just had no idea and they didn't listen to Jesus. They couldn't comprehend it that this was a descent for him. For them, they thought it was an ascent. It was like, finally, we're going to, we get to be the oppressors now. We get to be freed. And there's some good in that. I want to be free. I want to be the Jewish people. Like, we want Rome off our backs. We want a political revolution. And they kept wanting Jesus to give them that. That's what they thought the Messiah was. So they were right in saying this is the Messiah. But they didn't understand fully what Messiah holds and what Messiah is for them. So when it's this ascent, we're starting to build this, see this change take place. For Jesus, it was very much the road to the cross. And he rides this donkey in the middle of the whole thing, kind of like, I'm not gonna, I'm here with you, but I'm not part of all this in a sense. I don't know, it's just, a, it's, it's a very complex day. And I think that if we don't retain the complexity of what it is 
in, in our services now. And if it's just about Christ is King, hail the King, I mean, and that's all true, but if it's just that, then we're just replaying that role that they were. I mean, can we learn from that? Can we start to look at what the cross means for us and what the path of Jesus holds for us and for him? I mean, how do you think this, how do you play that out when you ended by saying, if we miss the complexity of it and keep making the same mistake, you know, like how, what, how would that have changed things, do you think, if they hadn't completely, the, the misunderstanding, if they had been more in tune to what was happening, how would this whole scene play out differently? I actually think this is connected to last week. <laughs> well, our last podcast of the prodigal son. I guess you're just like, it's something I've been chewing on since we talked about it. But like, this is again, people having the wrong idea of who God is. Mm-hmm. Right. right. It's, right. it's like something has. So you ask that question and I think, well, I think it would have looked very different. Yeah. Maybe still celebrating, but understanding at a deeper level. I don't, I don't really have an answer for you other than that triggered that for me because that's all I've done for the last month is like chew on, I don't know, the fact that I want to know more of the character of God, but that I'm accepted right now for the understanding that I have of who God is. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really answer your question. I do think it'd be wildly different, but it feels the same. It feels like the same issue. Like they're, they're worshiping right. to the level that they understand and there's so much more. Um, that they don't have yet. Which I feel like Jesus is gracious to that and just Mm -hmm. being very present to kind of that like surface level what's happening. Like you're saying when he just says, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. Like they're just worshiping and we're just going to stay with that. Right. (laughs) And not address that this is so skewed right now. Right. I mean, so there's a grace to that, but I don't think he, like, I don't think that's the full extent of his, thought process obviously what would this whole scene how would that be changed if they did have a better understanding he gets in trouble because that's a messianic praise so that's why they come and they're like don't let your people say this because they're saying you're the messiah and he doesn't really he's like well it's true Mm -hmm. and if they weren't testifying to that then than creation would. But um, I, I think that it would be different. Those words are not embodied by the people. They're kind of just words, and they're true words, but they're not embodied in that the whole day, the whole celebration doesn't take on the feel of what those words mean. Hmm. And I don't know, maybe I shouldn't, this may be kind of arrogant or whatever to compare, but I think that you could look at like Christian nationalist trends in our own country of this is what we want Jesus to be. And so that's what he is. And we can say the words, we can say Jesus is Lord and Jesus is, Mm -hmm. but it's not embodied. Mm -hmm. There's not discipleship. There's not, are we 
heeding that hard call to follow Christ. Because there's not even a deeper understanding of what that fully means. Yeah, and that's the invitation to us all the time that's open. It's, why are we in this? Mm-hmm. And I, I think if, if people that day got, like really got, this is what Messiah means. This is what is going to happen inevitably to light amongst darkness. He, he is going to the cross. I don't know if Palm Sunday would have happened the way it did. Wouldn't there be like a tinge of sorrow, mm. of heaviness, mm-hmm. of self-reflection, of repentance? Wouldn't that be there too? So I'm not saying those words were wrong, mm-hmm. but perhaps they would be embodied differently. And I think that you could pull that parallel to us today. Words are one thing, and they are true, but is it embodied? Is it lived out? Mm-hmm. How would the church look? How would our lives look? If, if we listened to Jesus, I mean, when he says, this is who I am, and this is what it means to know me, and this is what it means to love people as, as I love people. I mean, he said the same things to them, and they, they just didn't get it. Neither do we. Well, I have a new pastime of watching a, an atheist on YouTube, mostly just give commentary about just kind of the, in my opinion, some of the more wackadoo things coming out of some of the philosophies around Christianity in our country right now. And um, one of the things he said the other day (laughs) was, well, you can make scripture say back anything you want because it's really Mm -hmm. about the perspective you have when you read it. And like that feels like it fits here. It's like they're reading this situation Mm -hmm. through the lens of what they want God to be or, or who they think they need God to be to meet their needs. Um, I was also just taking a peep at what had happened right before this in Luke. And I think you're totally right, Dave, in your response that Jesus is trying the whole time to tell them who he is. Mm -hmm. And they are really through a filter of who they hope he is or want, again, want to be. So it's just this other, it's another place where I'm feeling like, not in actually a shameful way, which is kind of surprising for me, but just in this like clean way of being like, who is God really? Like, mm-hmm. who, who is God? And what am I missing out on? Because I have all these filters in front of my eyes. Mm-hmm. I have all these ideas of, you know, even what I need a Messiah to look like. And I'm, I'm so committed to that. I will holler and yell what ends up being the truth in some ways, right? Because he is the Messiah. But there's also like, I think the reason there's no shame in it for me, it just, this may have nothing even to do with anything, but I just keep thinking about how he says, you know, even these, even the rocks would begin to call out who I am if people weren't doing it. And it's just such a gracious way of saying like, I know, like, I know, right, right. I know, it's not quite there. The lenses are on the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something to be celebrated if you knew who I was, mm-hmm. right? If you mm-hmm. actually knew who was walking by mm-hmm. and what was about to happen, there is a reason to cry out and to wave palms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's good to be reminded of. I can be a little harsh on it. I mean, I, I was thinking as we were reading this and when I listened to you talk about this on Sunday, Dave, I had the thought uh, about the disciples not hearing Jesus or not really understanding him. 
I was thinking about that, and I was like, so what did Jesus actually say to them? He was so, like, cryptic and, and like, spoke to them in riddles. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have got it either. Like, <laughs> it's, like, made me think about people who approach Scripture for the first time or people who, mm-hmm. like, are hearing the words of Jesus in a new, fresh way for the first time or something. They might not get it right the first time. They might start with Hosanna, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, actually a really good place to start. <laughs> mm-hmm. But eventually, maybe, as they follow Jesus and learn more about him, then they'll be able to follow his words easier. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just have a lot of grace for people who, are, who missed it, because I probably would have missed it too. Like, he kept talking about himself as like a temple. Like, he was using scripture. He wasn't really saying, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to raise mm-hmm. again. Like, he didn't say that. And so, I don't know. Like, is that, am I, am I giving them more credit than is due? It's unconditional love and complete acceptance amidst a great understanding by the people. Like mm-hmm. in the midst of not fully getting really any of it mm-hmm. or pieces. I mean, that for yeah. sure, right. people are being healed. People are being set free. He's, they are drawn to him, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And though they don't understand the whole thing, there's nothing but grace. I mean, Jesus is yeah. participating in it. Totally, yeah. And, you know, you, you hear the sermons like, well, there was another procession that day on the other side of the city. I, sure. And there are other royal processions. And so it's kind of like the Christian, quote unquote, version of the royal procession. And it, it's so like the other procession got like a real horse. Yeah, well, there was. Or, <laughs> yes, it's when they come back from war and be victorious. It's. It's kind of that thing of like, we, we want Jesus to be mm-hmm. this victorious mm-hmm. yeah. commander-in-chief, military general, messianic figure for us. And so they're ascribing to him the highest honor and position of which they're aware. But they're not fully open to all that he is. I mean, how, mm-hmm. to your point, how could you be? Yeah. And that doesn't come for any of them until the Spirit right. fills them and and sets them on fire, changes their mind and their heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're like that too. I was going to say, I would argue mm-hmm. we're still there. Yeah. I don't feel like I, sometimes I feel like the older I get, the less I understand. For sure. <laughs> like mm-hmm. fully God, who God is in his character and how to engage that. So I, I feel like I'm in a very similar space, even with knowing a lot more of the story. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel bad about I mean, I'm not, like you're mm-hmm. saying, Dulce, I'm not feeling shame about that. But it does make me ask a lot of the same questions. But you're asking, like, how much of that comes as a result of me laying my own narratives over things or mm-hmm. through lenses of what I think he should be or expectations or, you know, just all of that. Um, I will be honest in saying that sometimes that's a little paralyzing for me. Mm-hmm. I think my tension with this and perhaps some of my harshness is really not directed at them, if I'm honest. It, it's directed back at me and what we've let the evangelical movement become because while it was a misunderstanding 
uh, to your point, Seth, like I'd probably be in that boat too. But in this age of the spirit, I don't know, part of me is just like, let's just not, let's stop like reenacting this day and learn from it. Like it, maybe it should be called, are we following Christ Sunday? Like, are we, are we trying to build this false kingdom? Are we trying to make Jesus into something he's not? Are we participating in our country with Christian nationalism? And like, that to me is the reflection. Like Hooker would say, um, the Anglican theologian, let scripture be a mirror back to you. And that's, I think, what I'm missing a little bit and I'm wanting because I've done the reenactment, at least, in, and it's fine, and it's fun, and it's beautiful, and it's fun to wave palms. But I guess what I'm wanting now that I'm older, mm-hmm. like, let it be what it needs to be for us mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing that I keep coming back to is how much the prodigal son, when we talked about it a month ago, has like kind of wrecked my theology. And I have probably heard that story 700 times. Mm -hmm. And so maybe there is a grace to doing it over and over and over for the one time that you hear the story and you go, I might be viewing Jesus wrong. (laughs) I might be wrong about that. Now that's just because I'm grateful that that just happened to me. Um, but that's the one thing I was thinking about when you were saying that, like, yeah, it's annoying, but it's also like the, it's part of the gift, I think. Yeah. How often, that happens so often to me on this podcast, yeah, too. Me too. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, I've never thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I've heard these passages so many times, and yet I'm still seeing new things. But that really is the beauty of it. That's the piece that, for me, makes, leads to hope, Mm-hmm. Like hope of transformation mm-hmm. or hope of revelation or growth is that approach to scripture in that, like you're saying, that mirror and, and reflecting back and where am I seeing this in myself? It's only then that true change can happen. If that's not identified, then we are just going to freaking do the palm branches every Sunday for a reason that is really fairly shallow and as a result of a misunderstanding. I want someone to help me be like, this is us, or (laughs) where are we in this, and being like, oh, because then I feel hopeful that I am moving in the direction towards Christ, towards understanding. But I'll be honest, I'm frustrated that I wasn't raised more in that. That almost makes me angry. Yes. This is just me. No, same. But it almost yeah. made like I'm in a season of really grieving. I'm 46. And I just feel kind of, I'm just sad for like what feels like lost years. Sad for me. I'm not, I mean, I don't feel like God did this to me. I don't feel, you know, I know his grace is good. I totally feel that. Yeah. I I felt gypped 
like yes and then like kind of panicked of like what have i i think i've done similar things to my own children <laughs> like how many <laughs> people I have i heard because did of out this. of what i knew yeah and how do you start over because like literally it took me 46 years to get here <laughs> and now how am i starting over it's it's a lot it's a lot to process mm-hmm. and something as small as let's use this as a mirror and you know where are we in this whatever just that depth of the rightness of that yeah. i'm just like more more of that and doing it with other people who are open to that and comfortable with it and the messiness of it and the hardness of it where it's not like oh i'm such a horrible person or oh it's full of shame or oh whatever mm-hmm. but like just this hunger feels so mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah i've said that if we looked at bloom the worst indictment that we could give ourselves is that it's boring and that my wife is always asking me this, like, where are people being healed? Mm-hmm. Where are people being seen and loved and restored? It doesn't, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. But we just, I mean, we keep having this temptation to just, like you said, I love the way, the picture you painted that. We just wave our palms. Mm-hmm. But who was there at the cross? Hardly anybody. Mm-hmm. They weren't in for that. Mm-hmm. I think that if you, this is my take. Jesus saved us from ourselves. He saved us. He healed. He brought people out of oppression and out of sin. But I think primarily he saved us from a false construct of God. Mm-hmm. So, Everything that we're talking about, this weird way of seeing scripture, of seeing the life and the words of Christ, of ordering ourselves in the life of the church, that's what he's saving us from. I mean, some of the energy in this room is salvation, for real salvation. Mm -hmm. Because that's what Christ does. He sets us free. And I think there are, the key will go along with our framework because there's grace upon grace from the divine and we wave our palms and we make him go on this procession and but that's not the end of the story and i think that's why this sunday is so it just stirs up a lot in us because he loves us in it but there's more there's more for us and i think some of that is the energy of easter that we're seeing resurrection all around us we're seeing new life we're seeing the possibilities We stand with Christ in his suffering and pray for forgiveness for the many times we've denied Jesus. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For grace to seek out those habits of sin, which mean spiritual death, and by prayer and self-discipline to overcome them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Christian people, that through the suffering of disunity, there may grow a rich union in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, have mercy. For those who make laws, interpret them, and administer them, that our common life may be ordered in justice and mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who have the courage and honesty to work openly for justice and peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in the darkness and agony of isolation, that they may find support and encouragement, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who, weighed down with hardship, failure, or sorrow, feel that God is far from them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are tempted to give up the way of the cross, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we, with those who have died in faith, may find mercy in the day of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Holy God, holy and strong, holy and immortal, have mercy upon us. Thank you.